What you're about to listen to is a Bri-Fi production. Comic book Hey everybody and welcome back to the Bri-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Bri-Fi your comics guy, and this episode's a little late, but hey, you know, maybe it's a great way to start your Monday listening to the soothing, sexy, I, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's going to be a good day, and you're starting off with me for the week, you know? You may be hearing a noise in the background, that is my water sprinkler going off right now, because... Um, we ain't getting no rain. We ain't getting none. And I'm trying my best to have my grass just even survive at this point. Not just to have a a plot of dirt in my front yard. So I'm doing like everything I can. And like, I don't even know. I've been looking up stuff online to try to see like, what's the best amount of time to run a water sprinkler and like at what time to do it. So that way your grass gets like, just enough water and stuff and really i don't think i unless i'm running like an underground like drainage slash um what do you what do you call that um irrigation there you go like an irrigation piping i don't, I don't think there's any helping this like it, it sucks but this is why hurricanes in texas are kind of good <laughs> like they do a lot of bad don't get me wrong but they also bring a lot of rain with them, and during the summer and stuff like that, we desperately need rain. So, I mean, hey, we will take whatever tropical storm, like maybe like real low, like a depression, a tropical depression, if you will. One hit close to Corpus Christi, but we were too far north to get any rain uh, from that. We're, we're, too, we're a lot closer to Houston, and so we didn't get any rain from that. Anyway, that's enough about my personal <laughs> So anyway, um, this week, uh, just a couple of things to talk about, and I think I have some, oh, oh, I got two things that I want to, like, big, big talk about, big, big talk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll get into that stuff, but up first, let's talk about the Nifty Nerd News. All right, man, up first in the Nifty Nerd News, it looks like there's been some drama going down with the new Snow White movie that Disney's putting out, the live-action Snow White movie. And I'll be honest, not even remotely interested in watching it because I was never really a big fan of Snow White. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I just, I've never been a fan of it, man. That just never hit me as a child growing up for whatever reason i mean i remember cinderella and liking cinderella like i'm trying to think of old disney bambi and really snow white just was never on my radar maybe i was it was too old for me and like you know and my parents were just letting me watch whatever they thought i would like and i mean fox and the hound was another big one that i was a huge fan of but i never really touched uh on like snow white i never really cared so much now i've seen it recently and it's still not my favorite movie i mean i'm not just whatever it is what it is anyway so they're making a live action one which ooh, 
go them, right? Like Disney's just doing whatever they can to make a buck and they know that we're going to pay for it. Like it's just what happens. I mean, it all started what with, um, well, who did the Snow White and the Huntsman movie and all that? Like, so there's already been a Snow White life. And like now I'm thinking, oh yeah, with uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, she did all that stuff. So, so, well, that was more of like, I guess the classical book Snow White, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where all this stuff comes from, and I really don't care. But I'll tell you who does care. The child of the director from the original Snow White. He cares a lot, and a a lot of people care a lot. And look, they're making a lot of just... They're they're making decisions with this movie. I, I, I don't know what they're trying to do with it, and where they're going with it and people are not happy by it and i don't know why they interviewed the son of the director from the original cartoon of snow white but they did and he's very upset and i gotta tell you and (laughs) like i don't know like people like you're outraged or whatever you don't like like something don't watch it like it's as simple as that like don't watch it that's what i do if there's movies out that i'm like yeah i really don't agree with either their choices or like the people involved just don't watch the movie you know what happens nothing it doesn't affect my life it doesn't hurt my feelings it doesn't do anything yes it exists but what's funny is my life exists without it too (laughs) i don't know there's so much things happening in the world right now that i just don't get involved in like good bad whatever and you know what i'm pretty pretty happy (laughs) but i bring this stuff to your attention because maybe maybe you want to do something about it maybe you need to do something about it that's what i'm here for to give you information (laughs) anyway uh moving on this uh, bit of nifty nerd news I, I found very nifty, uh, as long as kind of nerdy. I don't know. I guess it depends on your take on it. So giant cargo ships are like going full circle and starting to use sails, like wind sails, for cargo ships. And now it's not like, you know, pirate ship, cloth sails or whatever, or canvas, whatever. I don't know what the hell sails are made out of i'm not a boatsman by any means but these cargo ships are using like these giant metal almost like wing sails like just just huge and what's kind of cool about them is they're on hydraulics so they can move to capture the wind just right and they can fold down so they can enter into ports because no like these things are huge this is just fucking ginormous is the best way to put it and um, currently, it's not like major production or anything right now. There's a, a cargo ship named the Pixis Ocean. And it's uh, currently, I believe it's currently on its maiden voyage with these wind sails. And the, the I guess the engineering and everything behind it uh, believes that it could help cut emissions like up to 30% if... Um, things are go really well with it which you know i'm all for it and like in like this this world of where like hey we're trying to cut emissions and stuff i never once thought 
hey, we should make cargo ships use sails. Like that was like beyond anything I could have even fathomed. And here they are, these giant metal monstrosity gas guzzlers using giant monstrous wind cells to uh, help them guzzle 30% less, which is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's actually really nice and really convenient. I thought it was really interesting. You can check out more of this. Uh, I think the article I was looking at was on CNN, but if you just type in cargo ship wind sails, um, should pull right up, which is kind of interesting to me. Let's see. Uh, moving on. No, not Cash App. Hey, do you guys remember that whole fire Festival thing that went uh, <laughs> really bad? Uh, who was it? That Billy McFarlane guy ended up going to prison for essentially scamming a bunch of people, creating... I, I, I can't even say he meant well. Because um, everything that I've read and both documentaries that I've seen... Like, this dude was pretty much just an asshole who thought the world of himself, which, I mean, I guess, you know, you got to be your number one fan to get shit done, but this dude was literally playing with fire and spelled, like, for the fire Festival, and it went really, really poorly, and he was punished for it. So now, after all that said and done, he's come out to already announce that tickets are available for Fire Fest 2. <laughs> <laughs> which there's I have there's no one that's been booked there's not a venue there's nothing but you can get tickets for it because he has never learned his lesson and neither have ad adolescent teens like people are gonna be like "Ooh, another luxury festival just for me it's gonna be like the Coachella of the Caribbean which is probably a really good selling point when I'm thinking about it but you would think people would have learned their lessons and they're not like, that's the thing. No one has learned their lesson. No one will learn their lesson. And then they're just going to get, um, they're just, I don't know. It's just going to be bad, man. Just bad. Anyway, speaking of just bad things, uh, a lot of celebrities like actors and actresses are jumping ship from manager Scooter Braun I don't know much about Scooter Braun other than that he's been losing a lot of his clientele here recently, but nothing has come out about him. Like, I can't find anything about him. I can't, it's like, there's just nothing. No reports. No one said anything like, oh, he touched me or he eats babies or like he's a secret Nazi or he like drinks nothing but monster energy drinks like there's been nothing that i can find now granted i think i mean one he's in a, a pretty cutthroat industry and it seems like you know i mean he's trying to make money for himself so maybe people just don't agree with his practices and have just kind of kept kept it on the hush hush but it's just here in like the last month a lot of people have dropped him a lot of his clients have dropped him and it's very interesting why nothing has happened and i've been looking i've been trying my best to look into it but it's just crazy in fact i'm going to just do a quick google search right now on scooter braun scooter braun and the what's the deal everyone's like what's the deal why are people leaving and ariana grande report uh, parts way with scooter braun justin bieber 
fire scooter brawn like like no one knows what's going on they just know everyone's jumping shit from this dude which to me is just fascinating because normally we we hear about stuff like this like we hear someone's an awful person or something crazy happened but for whatever reason man this has been kept really hush hush and it just it has everyone trying to poke and prod and figure out what's going on but no one's talking man so maybe he has a lot of blackmail on these people and maybe that's why they're leaving because of the blackmail i don't know well we'll have to see and then in the last bit of nifty nerd news it's not even really nerdy or anything me and some of my friends at work i said friends you heard it <laughs> we got on the discussion of baseball players and like the shortest baseball players and like who's the shortest or whatever and that led me down a rabbit hole to find who the shortest baseball player to ever play the game was and that led me to a man named eddie Goodell. gato i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right um born in june of 1925 sadly died also in june in 1961 and he was the smallest player to ever appear in a major league baseball game. Um, and he was just a pinch hitter. He was brought in for one game in August 1951 with his only plate appearance. And he was a four-pitch walk, made it on base. So his on-base percentage is 1,000 or like one, like because they do it in percentage, so points. So he had a perfect on-base percentage, uh, no batting average. And only one plate appearance. He played for the St. Louis Browns. And really, it was more of a gimmick than anything. I, I believe he was like a mascot at the time. And he stood at a whopping... Uh, where did his height go? It was right here. Three foot, seven inches tall. That's 109 centimeters for the rest of the world out there. And he only weighed 60 pounds or 27 kilograms. And... um it was just, I don't know, man. He wore, like, it, it obviously was for publicity. I mean, sports back in those days were struggling. They're not the megalomillion dollar, like, cash cows that they are this this day and age. And so they were doing a lot of things to, one, get people in seats and make a name for themselves and get famous or whatever. And uh, what's funny is... Uh, Mr. Uh, Eddie here had the number one eighth displayed on his jersey. I guess because he was roughly one eighth the size of a normal person. I don't know. No, three feet. That's pretty big. <laughs> that's at least a half, if anything else, man. And he was three seven. So if you doubled him, if he stood on top of himself, he would be much taller than me. So you know, he's more than half a person. And I would like to think me at five foot six is an average height human, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I found it really interesting and fascinating. And like, that's one of my things that I enjoy looking into is just like random sports trivia and like weird things that happen in sports way back in the day. It's just fun. It's interesting. And it just gets me going. Just, just makes me happy. All right, guys, that's it for the nifty nerd news portion of the podcast, though. We're going to wrap things up here shortly with uh, two things I wanted to talk about. Two, um, I guess, things that I've been digesting, not physically, but like entertainment that I've been digesting this past, seems like forever. Uh, one being a video game, which I just recently beaten, no spoilers. And 
to a new anime that my wife has shown me that I'm really excited about. So we'll talk about that after the break. Alright guys, thanks for hanging on there. Up first, let's talk about the anime that my wife just showed me. It's called Mushoku Tensai. I think I'm saying that right. Mushoku Tensai, Jobless Reincarnation. It's about a 34-year-old man who is killed, you know, because that's what happens, and then reborn into a new world of magic, demons, and I'm guessing other types of monsters. I don't know. I'm not too far into the show. I think I'm only four episodes in right now. But from episode one, this show has gotten me very hooked. And there are some darker themes to it, it seems. Um, and just in like the first episode alone, you kind of get a feeling of things. And you get a little bit of a feeling of this guy's life. He was a shut-in for so long. It looked like he was picked on heavily in school. And it just kind of led him. Like things just kind of kept piling on and on. And he kept being more and more reclusive. And then now he, though, like one of the few times he goes out into the world, uh, something happens and he ends up losing his life because of it and now reborn into a new world. So like any anime, right? This is Isekai all over it. But what's been really nice about it is just for whatever reason, maybe it's because I don't watch too many of these all the time, but this one just feels way more refreshing compared to some of the others like of course you know he has an innate talent for magic and his abilities so yeah he's got to be somewhat op in a way but he's not like overly op like so his dad is like an expert swordsman while his mom is a healer like a, a magician i guess and while he has a very keen knack on magic he's not a very good swordsman and he's trying to get better at it because his father wants him to be good at it but it doesn't work too well and i really enjoy the family dynamic and how they joke with each other and how the father while can be silly and serious i don't know he just feels like a very real character and he doesn't go too far in any direction he's not overly serious like he's not like abusive serious or anything and he's not so jokey where he's a joke character so like it's a really happy medium and i wish i had a dad like this guy uh this guy's i think his name is paul in the show and it's really funny because you know he this, this guy is reborn as an infant but he still retains all of his knowledge and memory of 34 35 years and is just like, okay, I got to grow up and I got to be a, a, a baby and I got to like try to not get caught out that, you know, I'm really a 35 year old man trapped in an infant's body, but he's still a pervert. <laughs> like he does things that kind of creeps the maid out because she's realizing, she's realizing like, you're not a normal child and you're also trying to steal panties and stuff like that. So like, there's a lot of funny to this, but there's some really serious moments in it too that just kind of almost not come out of nowhere, but they really come come in swinging with them, man. And so it makes you kind of sit back and go like, "Oh shit!" Like, what's gonna happen? And seeing the parents' reaction to a lot of things and how they parent and their love and their struggles 
It's very interesting and very fun to see. It's not something that I've seen in a lot of other isekai anime or stuff like that. Normally it's like, okay, yeah, I'm a baby. All right, let's get me up to a uh, an age where it's okay for me to like have sexual thoughts about women and send me off to high school. Like that's kind of where all isekai go. Is like, all right, let's get to the fan service really quick. But this one, at least for the first four or five episodes, we're staying with a very young protagonist. I think he's only like six or seven, maybe eight at this point. So he's still very much a child. But he's evolving and he's realizing if he wants to get better, one, he can't be a recluse like he was in his old life. And two, he has to go seek the knowledge and the education that he wants and so getting to see him try to overcome his own fears and to be something greater is really interesting and really really cool i really enjoyed it uh so yeah definitely i like there's two like season two is out now and it's releasing weekly but season one i believe is 24 episodes i'm looking right now yeah, there's 24 episodes in season one, and so I have just began this journey, and I'm pretty excited to see where it goes. <laughs> um, and it's one of the few animes that I've been like really excited for here recently. And it's funny as I just at first like just looking at the cover of it, I had no interest in watching it, but Casey happened to watch an episode of it and told me I think you would really like this. And so thank God for her. Thank God like we watch different things. And then we like cross over with each other so we can tell each other like, hey, let's watch this together. Let's watch this together. Like another anime that we've been watching is called Zom 100. And it's like a, a zombie apocalypse. I don't know if I've talked about it on here or not. I feel like I have. So stop me. <laughs> but it's such a beautiful anime. It's a guy who was just an office drone and things were just going miserable. His life was miserable. He hated everything. And then a zombie apocalypse happens and it's like his second lease on life, being able to just live free and not have to go into an office. And it's like, for whatever reason, even though the world's gone to shit around him, he's thriving. Like he's living his best life. You know, he's like just being a woo girl and having just having a ball, which has been a blast. And what's been even more great about this anime is... While it is a zombie show and it very much still swings into some of that zombie stuff, one, it subverts a lot of the zombie stereotypes in ways. But what is really stuck out to me in this anime is the artwork um, and their use of colors. And I mean that in it's not just red and bloody guts all the time like they use these beautiful greens and blues and purples it's a very artistic choice to go in with this but i think it makes the world all that more interesting because i don't think it's so much like oh people just bleed these colors i think it's more an artistic interpretation of what the main character is seeing you know because for him this is very freeing it's very like new and exciting experience for him and so to have these bright and beautiful colors is a really interesting thing and a fun thing so that's been really cool anyway that's it for the anime stuff so the last bit of things i want to talk to you about is i finally beat the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and i don't want to spoil it in case anyone's still playing through it because you know for me i've really taken my time with the game i was trying to 100 percent it but finally i was kind of 
reaching a point where I was like, what am I afraid of? Like, I know I can beat Ganon. Like, I know I can do this, you know? And like, spoiler, not spoiler alert, the, the final boss is, of course, Ganondorf. You know, you got to fight him. But I wasn't expecting how the final fight would play out. It was very interesting uh, to do all of that. And I had a lot of fun. Like, there were some new new concepts for the game that by the point by the time you get to this the end stages like they're not totally new but it added like this cool little variant to everything so it wasn't like oh go to the main boss and let's beat him and game over you, there were other things that you needed to do before you could get to that and before you can get to the the final kill or the final blow if you will i, I mean you, you're gonna kill some something is gonna die and but getting to the final blow and like when the, when the final swing of the sword is done like it feels worth it in a way you know i i really enjoyed it i enjoyed all the things that had to be accomplished to beat the game it, it was a lot of fun and looking back on things i was definitely overpowered i i had maybe a little over half of the hearts that you can totally have and i had plenty of room here like Figuring out when to do like the dodges so you can do the flurry attacks and stuff get pretty easy after a while when you've been doing it. And once you kind of get used to like how Ganon's attack style goes, you start to figure it out. It did take me a while though. Uh, for whatever reason, the samurai sword that he has, or the gloom blade that he uses, took me forever to figure out. I just couldn't get the timing down. It was like the timing with the spear I was really good at, and he had another weapon that I was pretty damn good at dodging and or deflecting with my shield. So, like, for whatever reason, the sword gave me the most trouble. But it was a lot of fun, man. And this story I found way more entertaining than Breath of the Wild. Not to say that Breath of the Wild didn't have a good story with it. I love the cinematics from it. But I really enjoyed the cinematics from Tears of the Kingdom and the story and how, and how it all plays out. And the ending, for me was very satisfying i had a like just getting to watch the final cinematic um which is after the credits so if you beat the game stay for after the credits so you'll see the final cinematic but it was great you know getting to kind of know these characters over the span of a few game i guess two are well were they in this first were they in, uh, yeah they were in breath of the wild so like getting a chance to spend time with these characters and coming back to them and continuing the story was really fun and really rewarding so having a rewarding final cinematic felt really good man <laughs> um i'm trying to think of things i can talk about without spoiling it man um really tears of the kingdom like it was funny because i was looking at uh, game reviews for it and a lot of reviews give it a 10 out of 10 a perfect score five out of five whatever it was receiving a lot of perfect scores and i was trying to think to myself is it really the perfect game and while like my only pet peeve with the game was probably the american voice acting which i mean wasn't even that bad but it was still probably could have been a little bit better um and at some points it felt like I had no direction like th there were a few points in the game where I had to stop and think to myself like what am I doing like wh what is my goal here and so I had to kind of just take a step back say okay this is what I want to do I want to max out my Zonai 
battery cells and max out my stamina and I want to find all of the light routes in the uh, the the lower level whatever you call it, the basement level and so that's what I set out to do I filled up my Zonai batteries filled up my stamina because once you find the uh, here's a pro gamer tip once you find all the light routes in the bottom level in the um, abyss or whatever the hell you call that um, they actually correspond to the land level where all the shrines are so if you found a light route and you look like where it's at on the lower map and then switch to the middle map and there's nothing there that means there's actually a shrine there and you got to figure out where it's at sometimes it's in a cave underneath but it's always right above where a light route is so that was one thing i learned and was really pleased to find so it after that's like my pro tip is do the lower level like down there find all the light routes because they're they're fairly easy to find because they're glowing and lit up and you can see them if you get high enough and know where to go it's scary because it's pitch black so you got to get a lot of like light seeds to throw around so you can see what you're doing and find enemies before they find you but once you get all the light routes then it's so much easier to find the shrines and so you can just fly back and forth and make your way and um get your stamina or hearts up really quickly which i found very useful about halfway through the game when it almost didn't matter <laughs> like i still need to go find all the shrines i haven't done all that yet but it, you know i'm fine now i'm fine because uh, i beat the game but so now if i want to go back 100 i can but now i've kind of picked back up pokemon violet because for pokemon go fest and all the new stuff and announcements they've announced one a new DLC is coming for Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, which I'm kind of excited for. I didn't think I would be, but I'm kind of excited for. Um, they announced a code, which I think is still good. I think today's the last day, August 27th. Maybe it's the 28th. Um, or no, I think it's the 30th. Like the last day of August, this code's good for. Um, you go to um, the mystery gift on uh, the Pokemon violet scarlet um option page or whatever like you get into the game it's how you redeem mystery gifts there and you type in your or i think it was like your mew or something like that i can't remember what it was you can look it up like code to get a free mew and you get a mew i got mine with a terra type of grass which has been really fun like i've never had a mew in my game before so it's really cool to have and cute to have like a mew fly around and stuff and it's like leveling up pretty quickly i forget how quickly it is to level up pokemon in this game and i'm not like cheesing it by just using my main pokemon to go fight super big monsters and just power level mew up while he just sits on my bench no i've actually been battling with mew and taking him around which has been kind of fun because i've gotten to kind of like re-explore the game and like re-familiarize myself with the areas and everything so that's been a lot of fun and i've really been enjoying that and it's kind of like getting me back into Pokemon because for a while there I'd felt like everything that I wanted to do in the game I was done with like I just I had my team that I really liked and really enjoyed I didn't want to power up any other Pokemon I wasn't really big into the raids so I had no reason to really want to try to do raids but now I hear you can get Mewtwo also in some raids so maybe I'll start doing that to try to get a Mewtwo but um really i wanted to get a mew and now i have a mew i want to power him up to get him pretty pretty epically 
beastly and I got to like give feed him stuff to make like his stats perfect and all that. So I'm working on that and it's kind of getting me back into the game, which has been fun. So it might be another a good way to get me ready for the DLC that's supposed to be coming out well next year I think it comes out. So I got some time to wait. Got some time to kill. But yeah, that's been pretty much it, man. That's what I've been up to. Beat Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm really happy about that. And I probably take a break from that now that that's done. Get back into Pokemon for a bit. And um, watch an anime again. Like that's That's been like really the, the heavy hitter. There's been a lot of good anime this season. So my Crunchyroll account's like full of things that I need to be watching. And I've just been having fun with it, man. Really haven't been reading comics. I have some sitting here that I need to check out. Um, one of my favorites. Well, first off, well, my favorite series, Saga. I got a few issues that I'm backlogged on that I could be reading. So I might do that. And then I got a new volume of That Texas Blood, which is a comic book based out of Texas and like a small Texas town where they just it's like an old sheriff, like borderline should be retired uh, dealing with things in the town and sometimes they have a bit of um mystery to them so it's been kind of interesting i'm curious to uh see how this story plays out it's been a really fun read for me and i've really enjoyed that texas blood anyway that's it for the podcast this week guys thank you for listening hopefully um you enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your car ride or what however and wherever you're listening to me um yeah, that's it, man. Uh, sad news, real sad news. Uh, Needville Little League lost in the U.S. Championship game at the Little League World Series. I believe they will be playing for f- uh, third place, like the consolation. Uh, and I think they're playing Chinese Taipei, which is who I wanted to see them play in the championship game. Uh, Chinese Taipei lost to Curacao, which good on Curacao, man. They they were like beat pretty heavily by Chinese Taipei the first go around. Came back and beat them in the international championship, and now we'll play California uh, for the big one. But Needville, which is just outside of Houston, uh, they played their little hearts out, man. Uh, good on them to get a chance to play against the international team, which I, I still like. That's my own pet peeve against the Little League World Series is that like the American teams don't get to play against international teams until the championship game. Um, and it's funny because my sister, back when she played softball, I think uh, they were part of the Little League softball, but it was like senior league softball. Uh, when they went to the World Series, man, was this 2014, 2013? I can't remember. This is a long time. Maybe it was 2012 when all that. Maybe, no, had it been before that. Was it 2010? 2009 man this was a long ass time ago no i was in high school so this had to have been like an 07 or 08 i believe when uh my sister's team it was el campo uh their all-star team went to the senior league world series and they played a round robin tournament where they played all the u.s teams and all of the international teams and then whoever had the best record after all the games, that's who played in the championship round, which I thought was better because, like, what's the point of going to the Little League World Series and never getting a chance to get to play against any international teams? Like, you're stuck just playing boring old U.S. teams. I thought it was really cool that they got to play. And like, I, I don't know. They'll never change the format because it, brackets are cool and whatever. But good on uh, Needville to make it that far and to 
still be playing for something. You know, they could have not been knocked out the first two games and then you never hear anything about them, but they were making a really good run. They were undefeated up until the championship game. And then sadly ended up losing, which sucks because, you know, California gets a chance to lose like twice and then make it like, why can't like the, the, like, why can't the winner get a chance? Like, Oh yeah, you beat me this first time, but now I get to turn around and play you again because that was only my first loss. Like, you know, sucks <laughs> but it is what it is this is little league baseball never gonna change but that's it guys that's finally the last thing that i wanted to talk to you guys about um we'll see y'all later man that's it go home be safe drive whatever go to work i don't know what you're doing just do it well okay Bri-fi out.